This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Sometimes I feel yeah. like, Zoom, like conducting a seance with, are you there? Can you hear me? <laughs> Can you hear me? We Can are calling the spirit of Avery. Yes. If you're here, say hello. <laughs> Give us a sign. Welcome, welcome, my children of the night, to Bosom Bloodies. Welcome to Bosom Bloodies, the Halloween all the time podcast. I'm Kale. I'm Glennis. We're so glad you're here. Super glad. Um, but more glad about the people who are joining us today. Um, <laughs> are you laughing at me? <laughs> no, I I gasped audibly. You can't tell because oh, I got my yes. camera turned off, uh, but it was a, a gleeful gasp. Oh, well. Our listeners are in for a treat because we have some spooky visitors today from Proxymoron Productions. Um, visitors, could you please reveal yourselves and introduce yourselves? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. I am Casey Conan. I am the founder of Proxymoron Productions and director of The Woman in Black. And I am Avery Kendall. I am one of the actors in The Woman in Black. The Woman in Black, a two-person show that is coming to Charlotte, North Carolina. All of our international listeners, I'm so sorry you won't be able to come, um, but it's running September 28th, 29th, 30th, and October 5th, 6th, and 7th. Correct, Casey? That's correct. At the Arts Factory at the West End Studio, and we will repeat that at the end of the podcast. Um but can Casey, can you give us a little bit um, of information about your attitude and Avery as well? This question is to both of you towards Halloween and spooky things in general. Oh, for sure. Um, I I love spooky stuff. I gotta say, I'm I'm such a fan. And you know, at our house, we kind of joke we tend to err on the spooky side as opposed to full on spook. Um, <laughs> why we 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 are very much a, a family that likes spooky and thematically appropriate. And then sometimes when it gets a little too scary, I have to stop and reassess where I am in life. But um, I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of Halloween. My my husband was never really a big Halloween person and I have converted him in the best way. Um, so we get everything all decorated. I've already got the house all set up. <laughs> Looking forward to the season. <laughs> your, your husband married into it. I see. Mm-hmm. He sure did. <laughs> I am, converted. I am a, a little bit more of the, the spooky, creepy side. I love Halloween. I have had like a love affair with horror pretty much my entire life. Like I have very fond memories of my Nana telling me ghost stories when I was a kid. And like she let me, you know, play at, you know, having a seance when I was like a two or three year old, which is, you know... <laughs> kind of weird but here we are um but i like gothic horror and like paranormal and um psychological style horror and stuff are things that i absolutely love my house looks like a spooky haunted house all of the time like that is just who i am i have full-on accepted my role in people's life as (laughs) oh yeah you're that spooky weird ghost friend and you know that's that's my niche and i'm fine with that (laughs) i love halloween it gives me an excuse to enjoy all the ghost stories and and horror and spooky things as well as um you know dress up in really elaborate costumes which is 
always a blast. So was Proxymoron looking for something spooky to do this October or does it just happen to line up that you want to do this show? Oh man, this this show is one that I've been personally obsessed with for, for years now. Um, I, I saw a production of it a million years ago, it seems like, and I loved it. But even when I saw it, I was sitting there thinking, okay, but I want to see it in the round. I want to see it like this. I want to see if I can do this someday. And it's been stewing in my brain for so long. Um, it is our second production that we've produced in at all. Um, our first one was last February. And when the show ended, I was like, okay, my next thing is Women in Black. We got to make it happen. Um, I was on a wait list for the rights to the show for about a year and a half. <laughs> and then uh, the moment they were available, I was scrambling like, okay, all right, where are we doing it? Let's find a space. we got to put on this spooky show and I want it to kick off the spooky season and I want to get everyone in and scare them out of their wits. So really excited. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think Kale knows this about me. I'm obsessed with doing scary on stage. Like I think it's uh, theater really lends itself to that, but it's also a tricky thing to pull off. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's not the easiest thing to create that atmosphere of, you know, fear and tension and kind of riding that line and having the audience go with you. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, that's one t- thing that with this, with our production, I, you know, I, I, I kind of mentioned we're doing Doing it in the round um, and for the non-theater folks that might be listening, that essentially means the audience is fully surrounding the stage. And so a a cool piece of that is that you're seeing the audience's reaction during the production. So they may see something that you don't see that mm-hmm. you will have the moment of where is that coming from? What am I, what am I missing? Um, you know, it, should I be scared right now? I'm not what's happening. And so those, those kinds of things kind of feed into this production in a really cool way. I think um, that makes it, you know, where, where you're sitting in the show, you might have a little bit different show than the person across from you. And I think that's pretty cool. I think another thing that at least just throughout the rehearsal process that I've noticed and, you know, going into tech and everything with this show and creating that creepy factor is all of like the atmosphere, atmospheric like light and sound cues and technical elements that go into Mm. it that give that suggestion almost subconsciously to audience members and stuff of like things are creepy and this is a thing and there are moments to where your brain gets to fill in what the thing is might be what's going on and because your own brain is filling in those gaps it's going to be tailor-made to be creepy to whatever it is you're thinking so of course it's going to be scary because you're almost scaring yourself with what you're filling in those gaps with exactly So your last show was uh, uh, Puffs, right? That's right. Yeah, we we produced the play Puffs. Um, it is a, <laughs> it's the story of what happens when you're not the main character in the story. Uh, it is. It was the uh, the play that is the story of the Hufflepuffs in a time when a certain boy wizard went to a certain magical school. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a delight. You know, like, that was another one that the moment I first heard of it and I, I met a lot of the creative team on a couple trips to New York and I, I knew that I wanted to do it in Charlotte. Um, and there's a high school version of the show that a lot of students had started picking up, but we wanted the version with all the adult wizard language and all of the adult wizard <laughs> drinking of you know, butter beverages and things like that. So <laughs> we, uh, you know, we had a really good time with it, though. And and that show, actually, we we uh, were part of the the best in the nest that the Queen City 
the yeah. QC Nerd yeah. does every year. And so in uh, yeah, 2022, we got the Reader's Choice for a uh, Best Local Production with our very first show in Charlotte, which was really, really cool. You know, the, uh, the show's over now. You can name the IP. I know <laughs> while you're marketing it, you probably <laughs> you're always had to, nervous. You had to I'm always it. nervous <laughs> if I can or I can't. Since I'm not producing it anymore, I guess they're not going to sue me. But I was the whole time we were doing the show, I was like, don't say the name Harry and Potter together. <laughs> um, <It's> like, <laughs> we don't have that problem with this show, at least. <laughs> he has become Voldemort. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> we did yeah. joke, though, that, you know, with us doing The Woman in Black now, uh, my husband made the comment. So are you just going to do every show that circles Daniel Radcliffe or what is your plan here? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, he was in a movie I, version of The Woman in Black in 2012. And now I think I have to go look through the rest of his filmography to see what other plays we can put together next. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> please. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, we could do Equus next. We could do How to Succeed in Business. We, we have a lot of options. So, <laughs> yeah, please call me when you do uh, Weird, the Weird Al story. I want to absolutely, I will absolutely keep you posted about that one. <laughs> Can you share the the history of Proxy Moron? So just two shows, but where where did it all come from? Yeah. So, you know, I I really kind of have been stewing on the idea of putting together a production company in Charlotte. You know, it's it's an interesting market where we've seen things come and go. Um, I've only been in, in the Charlotte region for about a little over 10 years now. And even in my time, I have seen things start up and disappear or things that were long running institutions having to close for various reasons. And I just want to make sure that there's always something happening in town. Um, we have a really great, a, a lot of great opportunities for students and for children in the arts in Charlotte. And I, I don't want us to lose, fact, lose sight of the idea that adults belong in the arts as well. And the arts d can be something for adults as well. Um, so that was kind of a big key piece for us um, when we decided to start producing in the area. Um, I've been working with a number of different companies in Charlotte for a while as, as a performer myself. But with uh, one of the things that I love about um, what we do is that I, I tend to really love shows where people play multiple parts and you get to really celebrate a talented performer um, being different people on stage at one time. That's a really fun piece of puffs. It's, it's really cool. And this particular show, with it being a two-person show, you're going to see a lot of different characters on stage still. Um, but you know, it kind of goes back to our name uh, with Proxy Moron Productions. It's I'm a big old nerd when it comes to puns and plays on words. And basically, you know, an actor is a proxy for the character they are playing. And the audience believes that they are that, but the audience is also aware that they are watching a show. So you, you get the, the dichotomy of, mm. you know, what are we, we're seeing two different things at one time. We're seeing an actor, but we're also seeing the characters. Um, and so getting the chance to kind of celebrate that is something that I really was looking to do um, with the shows that I wanted to produce. Uh, and, you know, I, I like to perform in things when I can, but I also, I, I feel like I love having the chance to present things that give other people an opportunity to really flex their skills as a performer um, and to kind of show off a little bit in town too. That's awesome. I love that um, viewpoint and mission. And you lucked out. These two performers are incredible. Um, as you mentioned, we have uh, Avery Kendall, who's on the podcast with us right now. And Hank West is the other character who's a local <laughs> legend yeah anyone who knows hank he's he's like the the mayor of charlotte theater basically um I, we we always joked that he if, if you've never produced in charlotte or been in a show in charlotte you will learn very quickly to appreciate hank's muffins that come to every show um and our, our joke this whole time has been hank hashtag more than muffins so he's he's a great performer <laughs> so much more than muffins oh my gosh 
so much more um, than muffins. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope somebody brings some muffins during the run of the show at some point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and Avery's been killing it in Charlotte for years, too. You know, we, we had been talking at first about how Avery and I had been circling each other in productions. I'd be in something with a company, and then they'd come in a few weeks later with a different show with the same company. And, you know, we, I think that Avery was able to perform in something that I wrote once for a different company. And we've always kind of been in the same realm. Um, but Avery's been, gosh, sword fighting with a number of Shakespeare companies in town and just a brilliant performer. And I love that we've got a chance to to get them kind of front and center in a show, too. Raji, oh, thanks. Like, you're making me blush over here. Like, <laughs> uh, um, I think we, I wasn't something that you wrote like a decade ago. Like, it was an end of the world thing. Um, and yeah, I remember that, but it, this has been the first time that I've gotten to like work with both you and with Hank and it's been a phenomenal experience to get to work with, you know, y'all and be a part of this. Like, it's just been absolutely delightful. Yay. <laughs> that makes me and, happy <laughs> And I, I noticed, uh, the other day on social media, you posted that almond joys were a reward for learning lines. And I was like, I can get behind this um, kind of re <laughs> rehearsal process and motivation because obviously candy is a big part. Well, I mean, obviously I love candy. <laughs> it's a big part of uh, Halloween for me. And I was mm. like, I approve. I approve how this is going. <laughs> right. I, I'm very food motivated. So like if you need me to do something, if you tell me there's food, I will do it. And, you know getting rewarded for learning my lines with my favorite candy. I'm like, okay, sure. I can do this. I got a line. Ooh, ooh, piece of candy. You know, yep. um, Glennis directed me in a show and uh, every time I dropped a line, she would take a piece of candy out of my bowl. No. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh. That is not how I work. <laughs> she, would, she would eat it in front of me and say, this could have been yours. <laughs> I mean, that would also be very motivating for me. Like if I had like a little bowl of candy, it's like, this is Abe's candy. And every time you mess up, we're taking a piece of candy in front of you. Send me to therapy by the time the show is over. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like an extra twist to this because I am also a type one diabetic. So anytime I consume candy, it would be harming me. So the actors would be, you know. It's oh, <laughs> a life or death moment. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Casey, what? So we know uh, Avery's favorite candy, Almond Joy. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Casey, what is your favorite, either Halloween candy or just candy in general? Oh, man. I love Mr. Good Bars. I've always loved Mr. Good Bars. That's been my go-to my entire life. I love oh, me, Mr. Good Bar. Excellent. Kale, we, we, this, there is a point in every episode sort of our podcast where I derail our um, interview <laughs> talking about candy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and make Kale tell uh, the guests his favorite candy which is Reese's Cups Reese's Cups yeah. now yeah. what about like the Halloween pumpkin Reese's how do we feel about those oh I don't care what shape it is Ooh. okay because <laughs> oh, like I have friends that are ratio? real particular they like some folks really want the ridges on their cups and there are some folks mm. that are like only prefer the, the pumpkins and the trees that don't have the ridges no I think the pumpkin gives you more peanut butter so I'm I'm good with that yeah it's good stuff <laughs> alright what's can't... yours oh I mean it's I can't choose but this time of year I'm in like firmly and disgusting candy corn <laughs> land. That's like my, I'm team candy corn. I know it's divisive, but. Um, I'm also candy corn. So like oh. I'm on your side. We can, we Got can. It. 
the candy corns together. Yes. And more for us. When people get nasty about it, I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You don't like it. Perfect. I will take this entire bag. So um, besides this production, uh, do y'all have any exciting Halloween plans? For this year in Charlotte or wherever, like, what are you, what are you doing for the season, the spooky season? Oh my oh gosh, um, <laughs> they're trying to live through, uh, tech week. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, through right. tech week and then decide. I'm just trying to survive tech week. Um, I have some friends that I know are throwing their annual Halloween party with a costume contest that I will most likely be attending. Um, and as someone who is a costumer and cosplayer, of course, I'm going to be bringing something exciting i don't want to give away what it is in case any of them hear this i want it to be a surprise um i love a dramatic entrance um can you tell us one of your past halloween costumes or like one that you're most proud of yeah so um several years back i built an entire suit of armor out of eva foam to be um (laughs) this character his name is jim lake jr he is from the animated troll hunters cartoon on that Netflix that was written by Guillermo del Toro. Um, yeah. Delightful little romp. And I was like, I'm going to be Jim. Um, and so I, I built this entire suit of armor out of EVA foam. It was my first EVA foam build. It was a massive undertaking. I don't know why. I was like, I've never done this before, but I'm going to build a full suit of armor out of this. Um, uh, it looked great. I won the costume contest that year's for best costume. Um, I've also been Elizabeth and Crowley from Good Omens. Um, been fun. Um, trying to think. Oh, uh, last year I was a tropical depression because I was really lazy and I wanted to wear pajamas. <laughs> so I did that with a <laughs> And I carried around my stuffed Ikea shark with a little red bandana that said emotional support animal on him. Um, and I just looked like I had been crying the entire time. And I'm like, tropical depression. Ayy. <laughs> Love it. I gotta say, though, my favorite of Avery's cosplays is they recently put together a really cool, uh, the Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet uh, Tybalt costume. Oh, and wow. Wait, it was Tybalt, right, Aves? It was it was Tybalt. Um, that that fantabulous, angry little Catholic dude. He just woke up one morning and was like, "My entire personality is Catholicism." Um, <laughs> I thing through Jesus Christ and this gun I found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love the photos of it. Are so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to see that. <laughs> yeah, we'll send it to you on Instagram so you can see. Because I I was I was geeking out over those pictures. I was like, this is so niche and so specific that there are people that will see this and be like, oh my gosh, that. Um, <laughs> and then everyone else will be like, what's going on? And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a Jesus vest. Like that was a bear to paint, um, but it was worth it. And like for the people who know, all of the work that went into it pays off because they're just like, oh my god, it's this you are. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's like I, you know, I'm in a new realm of my life where my Halloween costumes are whatever my son picks. We figure out some family way to make it fun. Um, And that's that's a new world for me because, you know, we he was an astronaut one year and I my husband, again, not usually big into Halloween. So I made him, you know, a NASA guy and made him a little name tag said NASA. And I was a (laughs) full blown alien so I could be as obnoxious as I wanted. And then, you know, we had a year where he was a dinosaur and I was... (laughs) I had a little white beard and a white hat and my little cane with the 
a little piece of amber with a mosquito in it on top of it. So I, I was the old man with Jurassic Park because <laughs> I thought that was more fun than just going as, you know, Laura Dern. And then, uh, yeah. but I got to say like my favorite costumes that I've done, I'm, again, I'm a big old theater geek. And I decided I wanted some Broadway mashup costumes. So my my favorite one was I was Little Orphan Annie, get your gun, um, <laughs> which was delightful. Um, no one understood what was happening except like three people. And I was like, I'll take that. But I really want to put together like a Lion King and I with a full hoop skirt and like, oh, wow. Like I've got a whole bunch in my head that I'm like, oh, the day's going to come when, you know, thoroughly modern major general is going to come out of the woodworks and it's going to be great. But, um, you know, we got to get the right opportunity for these. (laughs) I love a pun based costume. (laughs) I feel like. I feel like the theater community like is, you know, it's a prime pool of people to have a Halloween party. Like, I feel like we should have like a Halloween bash every year. Yeah. Let's to, I'm like, I'm like, these costumes need to be seen. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's yeah. move the MTAs to uh, end of October. Can we do that? Absolutely. <laughs> Just Gosh. turn it into a costume party. If only we yeah. knew somebody who was in the uh, MTAs. And had some oh, if only there was Gosh. someone to cast of my show. <laughs> <laughs> like, or we can just like convince the MTAs to. Uh, also host a Halloween party. Both. Call it a networking yeah. event. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> We're coming up with some really great solutions and ideas here, guys. <laughs> We're using, uh, the galaxy brain over here today on the podcast. Mm-hmm. What is the scariest theater experience you've ever seen or been a part of um is this like an intentional like horror moment or is this like a moment of oh gosh i am an actor and now i am scared because i don't know what's happening <laughs> i, I have a lot of the second one <laughs> <laughs> okay Ooh, i have to think um Kale, do you have one off the top of your head oh one that i've uh <laughs> i've got plenty of those usually <laughs> Involves, you know, me dropping a line and Glennis making me eat black licorice in front of everybody. But (laughs) anything where like they can touch you, like where they can come out and. Oh, audience interaction. Yeah. Yeah. That always is an extra level. Audience interaction is scary for a different reason. (laughs) 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 You know, I did, you know, I I did see a production of the woman in black back in the day that kind of inspired my love for the show. And I, I loved it because it was something that wasn't, it's not a, it's not a jump scare kind of show you know it's it's a Mm -hmm. it's a full atmospheric you are you are along for the ride kind of an environment but I know that you know I was in a production a million years ago that was another kind of spooky season spookier show that was um the play is the the dark of the moon not the dark side of the moon like all of the you know advertising (laughs) said at the time but (laughs) the dark of the moon uh and that's that's just a spooky creepy show and I, I remember being in it and being creeped out every night um but that that's a play that's ooh, it's just it's just it's just creepy it's just it's just a creepy story it's a creepy show um there's a creepy scene in a church like everything about it's just unnerving um yeah. but but no I feel like I've had that actor nightmare a million times on stage like I I was in a summer stock production where I was playing the Wicked Witch of the West and I just completely forgot about a scene and just didn't show up for it <laughs> 
Um, oh, no. oh no. And I luckily it was a scene where I was, you know, off on one side of the stage where I wasn't physically in the room, quote unquote, with the people in the same scene as me. And I had a mic on. So I was able to say the lines backstage when I realized it's really quiet out there. That's oh. weird. Oh, no. um, so that was really fun. So that was, I think, the scariest moment for me on stage for sure. Um, I guess for me, the I would say spookiest, um, scariest moment saying that I got to be a part of outside of current production um, was I was in a show many years ago. Um, it was an originally written piece. Uh, it was called Disturbance in a White Chapel. Uh, and it was like mm-hmm. a Jack the Ripper theme. Oh, well, it was a Jack the Ripper story about the uh, five canonical five murder victims um, of the Ripper case and just going through that. And uh, they did it two different years. The first year I was one of the um, murder victims, uh, murder victim number two, Annie Chapman. But then the um, second year I got to be one of the many suspects. Um, and so that was really fun. It was really creepy because it was like a uh, walking tour production type thing throughout Noda um, kind of deal. And so like there were definitely some moments to where audience members like did get a little creeped out and everything by what was going on and this like quasi immersive Jack the Ripper storytelling experience. And so like that was really, really cool to get to watch happen and to be a part of like making that occur with all of the blood effects and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I have had my fair share of like terrible actor nightmare moments and stuff. Um, one of which I was in a production of Bowen going back at cast when that was still a thing yes Um, i remember that performance and at one moment like the zipper on the dress that i was in got stuck and i was supposed to come out of this like the bathroom like in a towel um and like i couldn't get out of like half of this dress so i'm like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do i'm just panicking and i was like i'll just shimmy out of what i can and like wrap a towel strategically around myself so it looks like (laughs) we'll figure it out later but oh god (laughs) that, that was a moment um so yeah um yeah, and there was, uh, oh yeah I- there was another show, my first one outside of college in at queens um sean kimbrough directed it uh, again at cast back when it was still a thing called very still and hard to see and it was a super creepy little show and there were uh, all these vignettes and like I got to see a lot of the vignettes that I wasn't in and like those were very unsettling and super <laughs> delightful. The whole thing revolved around like this cursed hotel and all of these spooky things that happened in it and like, oh God, oh man. <laughs> you know, I um I went to see Misery at Theater Charlotte last year. And I remember mm. thinking, oh, it's going to be, you know, kind of scary and gory the entire time. But what I remember uh, or what struck me, I'm used to watching horror movies alone in my house where it's yeah. just you know me in the movie. But seeing the show in a room full of audience members that were really enjoying it was very different for me. So I, I enjoyed it more mm. from that because... You know, when she was walking down the stairs while he was trying to get out of, uh, you know, um, and and so the audience is the only one that knows that she's coming and (laughs) they're all having like (laughs) physical reactions and gasping. I'm like, that was more fun than anything the actors were doing just to see the... uh, the audiences and the jump scares and everything. So yeah. I, I think there is something really to be said for, you know, a live audience for something that's kind of spooky and scary, especially like you said, Absolutely. if you around, that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that there's, I've seen, I've seen some studies about how like, you know, when, when an audience is at a show, the heart rates sink, like everyone kind of syncs up in their, and their physiological responses to shows at times. And it's just the idea of getting to take that to a 
level where it's not just, oh, the music is making us all sing and dance together. And, you know, we're, we're all aligning, which is a wonderful thing. And I celebrate and love, but getting to take that and kind of play with it a little bit more and pull the string in the different direction is, is a really fun thing to play with. Mm. What Casey, can I ask you, um, because as we're all talking about and describing this thing that happens in the room as a director, you know, you know, that's going to happen. But when you're coaching and directing the actors themselves, you can't really direct someone to be scary, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now this is the spooky part. I mean, at least I don't, you know, I don't think so. Can you you speak to (laughs) in in the rehearsal room? You know, how do you help them find, you know, how to create that without playing at it? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you can't just say this is where they're going to gasp. You, you've got <laughs> right. you've, you've to make sure that you've built it to that moment. Um, you know, I feel like we also have a, a fun secret weapon in our stage manager. Uh, Courtney Morris is a brilliant, brilliant stage manager and a, and a wonderful partner for me with the show. Um, she's been a wonderful magical help in so many ways but it's also really nice because as she puts it she is a card-carrying member of weenie hut jr and is not (laughs) really um you know very very much uh spoopy not 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 big into spooky not big into scary things and you know her her husband is, is a good friend of ours as well who's um helped in a lot of ways with the show too and he is very much horror films and old B movies and like really into, into that life. And so she kind of gets pulled into those things more often than not. And with this show, getting to watch her shiver and freak out in the rehearsal room has been so fun. Um, (laughs) And it gives us a really good pulse of, okay, this moment is a little spooky. Okay. This moment sold it because Courtney's over there shaking like this will work. (laughs) Um, She's like your little canary. (laughs) Exactly. She is a hundred percent our canary. Oh Um, no. whistling up a spooky factor and so that that's been a big help um but honestly there's there's so many moments in this script that are you know I I feel like actors know that there's a line in front of you and there's a million different ways you can read it to find the the beat that you like from that sentence but um there's a lot of the script where on paper it can be dry or it can be you know you're, you're reading it going what about this is is the atmosphere like what about this is actually the mood we're going for um and and getting to to have hank and avery in on it really helps inform that because as avery's mentioned they are they are about that spooky life they they are all in it and and have a real feel for it and hank is so clever as a performer as well that he hates haunted houses that's one of my favorite things about hank (laughs) He, he does not like being scared um but i think that he is he's also finding that joy in being the puppet master being the one who is scaring others in the right moment um and and being able to to kind of find those beats where where we look at the script and go all right this line is here intentionally let's make sure we know what it is what is this line informing us with um and yeah, I mean, this, the story has moments where it kind of goes back and forth between being a play within a play and then showing these spooky events that occurred to one of the characters. It's there, There's a lot of flow and, and give and take to it that you just kind of have to ride the wave with this play, honestly. Um, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll get you there. The script, if you're, if you're hearing it in your own head, can be difficult to make it through. And that's what's so magical about getting it in actors' voices and actually watching it play out and and finding those moments of, oh, that is a lot creepier on stage than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, we, and we've been able to really highlight it, you know, with, we've got some great um, music that's been added and created originally for our production by our good friend, Harley. Um, Harley is our, our music composer and director for this production. Um, they wrote some fantastic pieces um, for some very key moments in the show. And then our lighting, de- our lighting designer and tech director, uh, Kelly Wright is just completely blowing us away right now as as we are in tech and and she's in there being a master with with the way we've got the lights focused in that space and and the different colors and the moods and the effects that we're getting out of it and so all of those pieces together are just really informing um a really spooky haunted experience for everyone i think another thing that i really like about just the script and some of the things that we've done with it that sort of highlight some of the spooky factors is that yes it's a, it's a ghost play and yes we're like it's creepy it's spooky you're gonna get scared like this is a thing but there are moments that are funny like there are moments to where like you, you people might chuckle and i feel like that's so important when dealing with horror and like this type of theme and setting and everything to where it's scarier if before something scary's happened, you made people laugh a little, so they're at ease. So that sort of like puts them back in a comfort zone because we've sort of taken, you know, the air out of things for a little bit. And it's like, oh, you're safe. It's funny. We're having a good time. Lies. No, we're not. Here's something. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's yeah. really play with as an actor and sort of like find those moments of where are the jokes? How can this be funny? Where's the levity in this? And then in conjunction to that, like, okay, what's what is happening here like how is this spooky like what's going on what's in this guy's mind like what is he experiencing what is he seeing like how would this make me feel if I dealt was dealing with this in this moment like how did this make you feel when you dealt with something like this before like and going in that direction and just the balancing act of those two things I feel like really helps to make this scary moments scarier yeah yeah, there is a lot of really sneaky levity in the show, I think. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you're not quite, I feel like there's going to be audiences that are prepared for, all right, let's do this. I'm going to get a little scared out here. It's going to be fine. There's going to be an intermission. I can come back and like, you know, hype myself up. Um, but then there's going to be folks that are not prepared to laugh, I think. <laughs> um, and so I'm hoping that we, we get those reactions solid um early enough that that no one will be afraid of of giving those reactions to gotcha i think also some of the jokes that at least i find funny um are things that are said that it's funny because of the people who are the actors yeah there's a lot of kind of there, there's a handful of good end jokes for theater kids in this particular yeah. show too um, or like theater- in particular and you're like oh i see why that's funny why why this is this is this makes me chuckle. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's the the play ran for like thirty six years in London's West End. Like it just closed a year or two ago. Um, after opening in eighty seven, I think it was. So like it's it's got the you know there's there's audiences all over have loved it. So it's not something where you have to be a theater person to appreciate it. You you don't have to be someone who's gonna get a lot of these references. But at the same time, like it, it's got this this fantastic kind of like you know nod to the fact that 
it, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. The show is set in a theater. Like we are not only is not only are we in a theater for the show, the play itself is set inside of a theater. So you're going to get some of those jokes and some of those references as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the space that um is like perfectly because it's a black box. Yeah? Black box. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a black box. I think mm-hmm. that's like a perfect space. And, I, and I've seen a lot of work there um but this show particularly lends itself to being like that it's a great spot to have that show um, yeah you know i, I was laughing I, I actually reached out to the the theater that originally produced the show um in scarborough i sent them an email recently because i found one of the original show posters and i wanted to share it and i noticed that the original show poster shows that it was produced at a theater in the round um it, it was originally produced at a theater in the round but it was not presented in the round uh, they presented it proscenium style and there are things written into the script that are intentionally proscenium. So we're kind of playing with that a little bit in our space. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, I, I wanted to talk to them and I was like, hey, so what, what's going on here? Like, was it in the round for the first productions? Like what happened here? And, you know, they were they were really excited to hear we were doing it in the round. Um, they 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 said you know that that sounds like it'd be a really fun way to do it we've never seen one in the round like that um but yeah it was the the Stephen Joseph Theater in Scarborough England and they they are a, a theater in the round space it's a black box environment um but it's it's one of those things that you know I I feel like with this style of show really playing with with a lot of your um your perception. I, I just love the idea of it can be completely around you. You know, the, you are in mm-hmm. the environment. Um, I joked with my cast. I always hate the word immersive, but that, that's really what it is. It's <laughs> you, you are a part of it. Um, and, and you are, you are there and, you know, you know that you are in the middle of the action. And I think that that's a really fun thing to play with, with this show. But do they touch you? Will they come out and touch you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, okay. nobody touches the audience because I, I am not about to make people sign a consent waiver when they walk in the theater. <laughs> and I just, I'm not about to pay for someone's, you know, pacemaker to get reset or anything like that either. So. <laughs> No, why, you will be safe from being touched. We don't have a splatter zone or anything like that either. So <laughs> this is not optical. Right. There's not a splash zone. You are safe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where you you can wear your nice clothes. Exactly. Yes, you you absolutely can. <laughs> Excellent. And people should. Um, Casey, can you tell our listeners one more time? Kind of- Kind of, you know, all the info, dates, times where the show is happening. Absolutely. So uh, The Woman in Black is being presented at the Arts Factory at Weston Studios. Um, if, you, if you've never been there before, the building does still say JCSU on the side uh, because it was originally their building, but it is it is run by Wonderworld Studios now. Um, and so the Arts Factory at Weston Studios and we are running September 28th and we run through October 7th. So we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday evening shows all at 8 o'clock p.m. And then you can find our tickets at proxymoronproductions.simpletix.com. Kale, do you have any other questions for our guests? No, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very excited. Me too. I'm curious what uh, what your next show is, but uh, we'll find out after. <laughs> we are too. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Once we get past October 8th and we strike the set, we will start coming up with a new plan again. <laughs> Avery and Casey, thank you so much uh, for joining us and giving us your time. We know it's a busy, a busy moment in your lives. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm thrilled. I got to be a part of this. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. I'm about to head back out to the theater to keep on focusing lights and setting up projectors. <laughs> Break legs. Can't wait to see it.
queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Queen City Podcast Network.